Welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. I am Pastor Dave Keen with... Me. Me. John Whitaker. Wonderful. Um, well, we are uh, continuing our kind of applications from our sermon uh, this past Sunday. First uh, John 2, 4, 15 through 17. Just a few verses. Uh, John, why don't you read the text for us? Okay. First uh, John chapter 2, 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Amen. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Um, maybe just questions in general about the text before we get right into application. Um, John's writing against the Gnostics. It's so, somewhat in this letter, right? Yeah, so we think that he's writing to the Church of Ephesus. We, we think there's a Gnostic heresy, one of the heresies. Um, Gnostic idea that they have some kind of special knowledge, mm-hmm. kind of pulled them away from the, the community of, of faith and kind of, you know, denied Jesus Christ bodily. Um, uh, because they were against the flesh, right? Because they were against the flesh. So, question, like, is this like a caveat for John then? Because it seems like... This is not something you would bring up when talking against the Gnostics, the world, right? You, you don't think, does that make sense? Well, yeah, I think, but the way he's using world here is not world as in flesh, physical. He's using, like, the world as in, like, God's creative world. Mm-hmm. He's using as the, the fallen world, the ideologies, the systems, the schemes that would stand opposed to, to the Lord. Okay. So is there anything there that you're just kind of reading it? Because, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, just it seemed like this was kind of... Stuck in the middle between two things, you know, just yeah. Well, only a couple of verses. Remember, we're we're um, this could either be kind of a continuation from that last section, mm-hmm. right, where he's he's talking about the new commandment to love one another, and then do not love the world. Is in contrast, being like the world, you you want to, to love one another. It could be more of a, a command there. Mm-hmm. You could also see like the continuation because he's going to be talking about you know uh, the antichrist and more specifically saying these these cessationists, these who are. Um, have left us, mm-hmm. that they were of us, they were against Christ, um, and they're trying to deceive you. So he could be saying, do not love the world mm-hmm. like these people, right? It could be a, one of his applications. Okay. And your first point was danger of worldly love. Maybe quickly, shortly, what would you say is the danger? How would you say? It? Well, I think that the, dang- the, 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 the danger, right, verse there 15, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him, mm-hmm. right? So if you love the world, that mean, it's proven that you don't love Jesus, um, and you don't love the Father, right? There's that connection there. Mm-hmm. So the general, the danger of worldly love is that it has dire consequences. Mm-hmm. It could lead you to eternal hell, right? That's the, that's the, that's the, the, the strong admonition here. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the reason why it's so broad is that the world can look like many different things, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, the world could be um, the promoting of sexual freedom, right? Um, the, the world could be the... Um, I can define my own gender. Uh, the world could be, um, it's okay for me to um, abort my child. The world could be, uh, I'm going to trust in this political leader more than in Christ. You know, um, put my hopes in politics rather than in the gospel. Um, so it's it, the danger when you talk, start talking about the world um, and the things of the world. A lot of it's philosophy, and it's sometimes hard to discern, mm-hmm. right? Um, you've kind of you've seen me use an analogy before, but if you have two like parallel lines, if you kind of take one line and you kind of slightly tilt it, mm-hmm. even if it's only a couple degrees, 
over time, it leads to a very different place, right? right? So I think as a pastor, we look at what's going on in our own congregation. Um, it's one of the questions I ask regularly, ask it to you guys in staff meeting today. Hey, is there any thinking or ideas that are starting to bubble up in the congregation that would be against the, against the word, against mm-hmm. the Lord? That's really what kind of worldly thoughts are there, mm-hmm. right? So we're trying to see that because if they fall captive to them, Mm-hmm. Set, deceived by them, eventually they're going to be led away from Christ. Yeah. So could you see perhaps this danger kind of in two ways? Either they're going um, just outward trip bad. So you think of like the world of, okay, maybe drunkenness, go, sexual morality, uh, sure. Right. But then you can go the other way uh, in the sense of good things taking badly. Yeah. Love to the extreme. So you could say, talk about. Um, I think this is where legalists fall into the camp. Okay. I want to live for the Lord. But then you start trusting in how you live before the Lord as right. a way to be righteous, which is obviously a worldly thought as well, right? Because right? worldly thought is not just, oh, yeah, I want to avoid the bad things of the world. You want to avoid trusting in working hard as your definition of who you are, right? right? You know, you want to, how well your family is. Yeah. Because if you trust in anything outside of Christ as the first love, right. things will fall apart. Um, so... Um, what are some good things you think we may be tempted at park that become maybe idols or bad things? I, mean, I think that there's an idol for a healthy church, right? Okay. You don't want to be a healthy church, and I think that there's a, there's a danger in wanting to be a healthy church so much that we are not loving towards those within our body and not mm-hmm. loving to those who are outside of our body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that that could be there. Um, that's probably the thing that comes to my mind first okay. in terms of a good thing. I mean, anything you could group that into righteousness and holiness family friends i mean i was thinking any yeah, good thing that yeah, could be yeah i mean i've had people where i've seen they'd love their family so much they really are worried about having a good solid family mm-hmm. that they're not serving and loving into other people it's mm-hmm. all about their their immediate family mm-hmm. like we somebody else can't teach my kids because it's not me well, all right that's a good thing right parents are the main disciples of their kids but that doesn't mean that they're the only disciples right. of their kids right so just you know there's, there's a balance there hmm. good um Sorry, I can't read my phone writing. <laughs> uh, so we talked about, which kind of goes into the next point, desires are really love. But would you say people sin, they do things because they love the things that they're doing? It's not necessarily like, and how, how do we wrestle with that idea of, right? It's a, it's a love for the world. Yeah, so John says, you know, men sin because they love darkness. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to come to the light because they came to the light that exposed their deeds. Right. right. So, um I think we just don't want to call sin what it is. So we, we don't want to say we're loving the world because we want to minimize our sin, mm-hmm. right? Most people don't maximize their sin. Some do, right? right? Um, but most people minimize what they do against the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what they do does start with their desires. Mm-hmm. You know, we see that James 1, you know, God doesn't tempt anyone. You know, yeah. sin starts in the mind, you know, then gives birth to sin. Um but it starts on our desires, you know. So if someone says, so we would say, I'm sinning because I love this thing. Mm-hmm. How would you fight against something that you love? Well, you have to change what you love, right? You have to change It's a very easy thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Don't love that. <laughs> I, mean, I think that there's ways that you can, you know, whatever you feed grows or you starve dies, right? So, mm. you know, I could... Um, love sweets and I can starve myself with sweets and I'll start loving them less. Hmm. There's still be days when I crave them, 
that I yeah. want and, and how I handle that craving will be determining, you know, how kind of like the path that I'll take, you know, the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can, you can change your love by realizing and thinking well about your body and God's stewardship and, you know, um, savor in moderation. There's different ways you can think and change how you, how you love. Mm-hmm. Cause the reality is, is you love be, many ways cause how you were raised, right? You know, like, why do you love, if I could say that, the Clemson Tigers? Well, it's because you were raised with your dad and your brother. That was part of your life, right? So if I said, okay, now I want you to love the Carolina Gamecocks, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you would say, by the way, I'm not sure don't, if you saw the don't SEC, do that SEC short. Oh, it's great. It's the, the scariest Halloween costume. The scariest Halloween costume. <laughs> sorry, sorry, fans. One of the best I've seen. Um, give you hope. Um, so what I'm saying is that to change it, that's basically for you, mm-hmm. someone who is loving sin and loving God, right? right? You know, you have to turn that which you were raised in and bathed yourself in, and then you have to change that mm-hmm. to, to a different direction. Yeah. We are dead in our, in our trespasses and sins. We love sin. We love self. We mm-hmm. love pleasure. We love money. Well, now we have to, to die to that to mm-hmm. love other things. And you said it even in your prayer today, Lord, help us. Protect our uh, our hearts from the love of comfort and money by giving it away. Mm-hmm. That's one way God, God says, "I don't want your money. Mm-hmm. I want your heart. So give your money away, because where your where your money is, that's where you're going to treasure. Right. So what do you treasure? Well, give that away, and then your your heart will draw to that 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 end. Mm-hmm. I think your heart is drawn towards sin. So you got to change at your core why and understand at your core why you go after sin. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's, I mean, I guess maybe growing up, that was kind of a foreign concept, right? Like, sin is a bad thing. I don't really like it, but then it doesn't make sense. Why do we keep doing the thing that we hate? And I think that's kind of what Paul wrestles with. It's just, there's yeah. a deeper fight. And I like, that's why I like this text. It's love for world, love for God. It's not, you like this, you hate this. It kind of is, but isn't. And it's just, you do hate it, but also you love it at the same time. It's kind of very. Yeah, yeah. so you could say, okay, <laughs> doing your job well, right, is a good thing. Um, loving acceptance and other people's approval is a bad thing, hmm. but it can get you success in this world, right? Yeah. It can get you worldly acclaim, you know? So, you know, one of the reasons why young men uh, struggle with pornography is not because they love pornography. It's because they, they love that which said, never says them, tells them no. Hmm. It's a self-control issue, maybe, right? It could be like, my life is bad. I'm going to escape. That would gives me comfort. Hmm. It could be a, a comfort. Well, in both those situations, you're not finding your acceptance in the Lord. You're not finding your comfort in the Lord. So you're still loving sin, but it's that the root is not the activity, right? Mm-hmm. And John's trying to get, what is the root? The root is your desires, the desires of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And the desires of the flesh are, are multitude, right? Yeah. The desires of the eyes are multitude, right? You just got to be very careful of what those things are. And I think that, you know, Theologians have said this before. Lewis, all the way back to you know Saint Augustine, um, is our loves are too little. We don't love God enough, right? Right. So then everything's misplaced, right? Mm-hmm. But if you love God in the right order, everything else falls into place. Maybe some practical. I mean, you talked a little bit about it, but maybe practical. You talk starving that can decrease it. Is there any way like maybe not just starving our bad love, but also maybe a way to help? grow our love for the Lord. Yeah, you cultivate your love for the Lord by doing the disciplines of grace, right? Mm-hmm. You read your word, you meditate on it, you know, just read it, right? Because if you just read it, five minutes later, you'll forget what you wrote, right? right? What you read. Write things down, meditate, chew on it. Um, pray, 
go before the Lord in prayer, turn off your phone, set, I mean, pray for a set period of time, prayer walk, look at nature. I mean, there's lots of different ways to do that. Mm -hmm. Be with the saints, right? So the three big ones, Habits of Grace by David Mathis, you know, the Word, prayer, the church, right? Yeah. If you if you look at, you know, Donald Whitney's spiritual disciplines, they're basically the same thing kind of broken down. Right. He adds solitude, journaling, which, mm -hmm. which could be helpful, you know. Um, there's ways you can replace by, by changing, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what happens with, with Jesus and, and the man who was possessed. He mm -hmm. cleaned, the, the demon's gone, right? He doesn't fill it back up with the Lord, and seven more are coming into place. Worse yeah. is he after. So I think there is a, an, an element that you don't just get rid of things. You replace them with things that are healthy yeah. and good and right in God's Word. Are there any things maybe for you personally you can speak on, maybe help others, that you find that kind of decrease your love for God or things that increase your love for God other than the ones you just said. Yeah. So what decreases my love for God is, um, busyness, right? Mm -hmm. When I'm so busy uh, that I can't uh, enjoy what's happening in the moment. Hmm. So for me, uh, I know that I'm getting off kilter when I'm working too much and I'm eating too much. Hmm. Those are signs where the Lord's kind of screaming at me, slow down, stop yeah. because I'm really being busy. Well, why am I busy being busy? Why am I working 60 hours or 70 hours? Mm -hmm. It's because I want, in, in a positive way, I want to serve the Lord. I want to love His church. Right. In a negative way, people need me. And I need to be there for them. Mm -hmm. Right. I need to replace God in their life because I need to be God to them. Right. So there's there's this sinful longing. I want to be accepted by them. I want them to like me. I want them to think well of me. Therefore, mm -hmm. I may get off kilter and really trying to be the Lord when only He can do that. Mm -hmm. um, That's so, very interesting. Work for the Lord can decrease your appetite. For the Lord. Yeah, because I'm not sitting at his feet, right? I'm not being like Mary, who chose the good portion, and being like Martha. You, right. were, you were distracted with much work, hmm. right? Very distracted. There's a word there that you're much busyness, something like that. Yeah. I think that happens to me, you know? If I don't, if I keep on serving others, I don't actually have to think and do my heart work. Yeah. I don't have to look at my own heart and say, well, wow, I really want these things, or I'm not really fellowshipping with God, yeah. you know, even though I'm serving him. You know, so for me, that that's one point. On other side, what are the things that kind of increase? You said word, prayer, the church. Anything else, like personally, that kind of helps you? Oh yeah, I love laughter. Okay, <laughs> you know, it sounds like yeah. laughter uh, was wonderful. Me being outside in the yard, like hmm. doing a project, using like exercising dominion, if you will. Um, I think it was really helpful. Time with family, you hmm. know, just like, and honestly, I get really stressed. I go outside and I sit in my hammock. I do nothing. It reminds me of the world will move without me, right? Mm. So um, I think Jesus, you know, his constant ad admonition to look towards the, the trees, look mm -hmm. towards the, the flowers. Guys, they're, they are continuing to move. That tree in my front yard has been there before I was born. It'll probably be after I'm gone, right? Mm. Um, that's not maybe that true because this house was built in 98. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you, get the, you get the idea. Uh and then you read from uh, Galatians chapter 5. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to read this real quick, and I'm going to ask you a question about it. It says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Are there any fruits of the flesh that kind of stick out to you when you think of Park Baptist Church? I don't think there's anything that I'm saying, okay, that would dominate our culture. Right. Right. I think the ones that um, individuals will struggle with, I see that in individuals, mm -hmm. right, um, and how they interact maybe in their own lives. Right. Fits of anger, um, jealousy. Hmm. Um, um, 
I don't think we're kind of given to strife and dissension right now, right? You know, a couple couple months ago, I would say, okay, we're struggling there. Right. I think the Lord has kind of worked some of that out okay. by God's grace. Um, but I do think that there is a there's a struggle internally with jealousy, mm-hmm. right? Look at this person's life, and you know, I think there's a you know, obviously people who are struggling with anger and other things. So I think individually I could see, okay, this person may struggle with that, but I wouldn't say there's one thing that is an overarching thing of okay. the body. And then he says in 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Is there any one of those that kind of stick out to you? I mean, I think that I see lots of those things in the body. Okay. You know, I mean, maybe I'm just an optimist. Who knows? <laughs> it's easy for me to see, but uh, I think how the church uh, was loving me this past week and, and praying for me, knowing mm-hmm. that we're talking about a difficult topic, uh, patience in, in dealing with things, things like this. Um, there's so many faithful people in our body who just continue to serve week in and week out, whether it's in the nursery, whether it's teaching a class, you know, just so faithful. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and there's just people in our church who are just kind. You know, Judy Farrell's birthday was yesterday. Turned eighty nine years old. Mm. Man, when I think of kindness, oh, I, I can I just think of her. She mm-hmm. is so kind. What a sweet, sweet, godly lady. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so when I, I mean, I, I when I think of the body, I I just see lots of fruits of the spirit all over the place. You know. Um, yeah. So, and then um, lastly, you talk about the death of worldly love, and just kind of hope that there will be an end, and it kind of gave the churches a push, like. Keep going. Oh, yeah. And you brought the example of uh, Owen Hollis. Is there maybe any lessons from Owen's life that we can maybe take? or? Well, uh, Olin, song? yeah, I mean, I just, Owen loved the Lord, right? And he was faithful, right? So he wasn't older and, um, you know, grumpy. He was older and I want to use my life for the Lord. So he poured his life into younger people and uh, was kind every time. I mean, early on when I came to Park, um, every time. Every day, Owen would say, can I pray for you? Mm. Like, he'd always find me, and he'd, he'd make sure that I was being prayed for. I mean, I remember the first time I prayed, he preached at Park back in March of 2012. And he took me aside and said, I'm going to pray for you before the service. Like, that just spoke to me. Right? Yeah. So I think his longing for heaven, especially there at the end, knowing that there was no cure for his cancer, that he knew he was going to die. He was just longing for glory. And I think that, um, you know, there's that uh, painting over there, what, what a day that will be, uh, mm-hmm. that... Um, Heather Porter uh, made made for Helen and I, which is a wonderful thought. Um, but listen, there's lots of people who are struggling with sin, right? They're overwhelmed with um, their own their own fleshly desires and how they fall, mm-hmm. right? And when you're when you're when you're when you're in a war, you can't wait for the war to be over, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the way the Bible talks about our flesh. We are waging war against our flesh. Mm-hmm. Right? We are trying to kill our evil desires, right? Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a day when that worldly desires will pass away but the one who does the will of the lord will live forever so the fight's worth it i mean i love how trail said that in the um talk about race Mm -hmm. you know god is reconciliation god cares about and this is a worthy conversation listen the fight for holiness is is a worthy calling to 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 walk and abide in the will of the lord is worthy why because those who do it live forever with god Mm -hmm. you know so i think that was just a helpful thought for me yeah i think of uh just just saying that right now i think of first corinthians i mean it's 50 plus verses, 1 Corinthians 15, of the resurrection and why the resurrection. And he ends, uh, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. It's worthy. It's not in vain. 
but one day it will end. That was good. That was very encouraging. I like that in your sermon. Yeah, yeah. That kind yeah, of that kind of push. Keep going. Keep yeah. going. And that's, that's that's a wonderful way to just I mean Paul pastoring that church. You yeah. know, like hey, because Christ was raised, we will be too. Mm. Right. There's no reason to fret or worry. Right. I mean, how many times did Jesus say, "Take heart, I have overcome the world." Mm. You know. So, um, so I think there's that there's that duality. Be worried, like be be really careful of the world, mm-hmm. but just understand the world's going to end. Mm-hmm. And those who are in the Lord will last forever. So, Amen. Father, we thank you for this time and we love you. We pray, Lord, that we would uh, crucify our desires, uh, the flesh and the eyes and the pride of life. We pray that uh, we would understand that they are not of you, but they are from the world. We pray, God, that we would always remember uh, that this world and its desires are passing away, but the one who does the will of God will live forever. God, we pray that we would abide forever as we do your will. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm.